Welcome in. It is week number three, episode three of Buccaneer Insider. My name is Killian McClatchy. My partner, as always, Nicholas Case. And we got to remind you, we want a special thanks, East Bay Deli, helping us put this all together. And we've got a real fun episode for you this week. We've got the uh, assistant coach for the women's basketball team, Dion Craig. We love talking to Dion. He's always a ton of fun to chat with. So it was always good getting to catch up with him. I love Dion, man. He is one of the people that comes into the office frequently just to, you know, shoot it. And, and, and he's awesome. I, and he's one of my favorite people. Yeah, so we've got Dion. And then we also have some two fresh faces that I think a lot of people really haven't get, gotten to know a lot about. Uh, the head soccer coach, the new head soccer coach, Jose Gomez, and uh, the assistant coach, Jessica Monarch. They've been here for they, they really got brought in in January right before all this happened. So it was really interesting to get to talk to them and, and see how they're doing and what they're doing to try and build a program. Yeah, I think Jessica was literally brought aboard a week or two right before everything started, all the dominoes started falling. So she is fresh. Jose came in right around the start of the year. He's brand new. Uh, it, we were both excited to get to know him because nobody did. Yeah, and so it was great chatting with both of them. We're going to start off, though, with Dion Craig. So here's Dion, and uh, we'll be back in just a few. Hey there, everybody. Welcome in. It's our first guest of this week, number three of Buccaneer Insider. We've got the women's basketball assistant coach, Dion Craig. And Dion, welcome in. It's great to see you again. Nice to be with you two again. After uh, doing a game this year, I think this is going to be more fun than the game. Yeah, and we miss you coming by the office so much, man. It's it just those little hangouts. It's, it's really those things you take for granted that we're missing now. Isn't that the truth? Dion's the guy who comes in. He's, he's breaking down basketball for us and, and teaching us just like he's teaching the players out there. So, I mean, we'll just get right into it. What have you been up to these last month and a half or so since everything's kind of been shut down? Uh, really just uh, up until this week doing a lot of recruiting, you know, finishing up this last class and uh, – watching a lot of our film, kind of things that we can improve on for this next season. And then just talking a lot to the coaching staff, you know, kind of what we think uh, things that can happen this next coming year, you know, kind of putting this season behind us, really moving forward, those kind of things and connecting with the team. Yeah, we are in a recruiting dead period for what, the next week to 10 days or somewhere along those lines. What will you be doing to fill your time in those times? Uh, there, the good thing about it right now, especially in the women's basketball community, there's a lot of information being shared, a lot of Zoom calls happening, and a good bit of it is for free with a lot of just different opportunities out there to learn more and grow, you know, uh, trying to boost our social media presence, you know, uh, on the team, different things like that, trying to come up with creative ideas to not only, you know, just create some buzz around the team, but kind of keep myself going too, learn new tricks. That's, that's so... Good. It's kind of been the key to this is, is figuring out what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's good to hear that. Uh, it's really neat to hear that the coaching community is all banding together to make sure you guys are all in the same boat too. It's pretty good. It's pretty special. And so you're mentioning, you're mentioning kind of the different aspects of what you're taking care of. And that was kind of something that I wanted to bring up is with a basketball program, there are fewer coaches and fewer staff members as compared to say, you know, a football team and the responsibilities are obviously different. So what does your job as an assistant kind of just full circle encapsulate? Uh, pretty much on a day-to-day -day, trying to take some responsibilities off Coach Applin. You know, uh, so pretty much every day we're recruiting. 
whether it's uh, the next class or two classes, we're always reaching out to some coaches, you know, getting in contact with some players, always watching film. Uh, in season, it's a lot more watching film and uh, more individual workouts with our team. You know, the, uh, usually in the summertime, we'd be doing a lot of camps right now. So re again, reaching out to high school coaches, trying to get some talent that, you know, we would like to see on campus, you know, that also goes with growing the, our, our program's brand and just kind of getting our name out there. But uh, I think uh, taking a different approach this summer, you know, what are some things that I guess I didn't think about that I can look at, you know, as far as going back and you may maybe charting our team deflection, something that we didn't do this past year, just different things like that to where, you know, I thinking outside the box, I think can make us better when we get back, when we come out of this pandemic. Yeah. How, how, in what ways have you been able to, have you had to think outside the box? What at this point in your off season is different? Uh, just communication with the players. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like we may be overdoing it sometimes, you know, because we, because uh, Brad likes to bring up, you know, if it, if it was in season, we don't know if we'd see them if they'd be coming by the office so much, you know, here we are initiating this, this call once a week, you know, just to make sure they're all right. And I think, you know, they're at that point too, where, you know, they've been home for a good minute. They're missing being back and getting on the court a little bit too. But I think that's the biggest thing getting uh, meaningful, mean, meaningful conversations out of them. And so that's something that's, that's kind of how you guys have handled. How's the, how are the players kind of just reacting to everything and how are they taking it? Cause that's something that's, it's kind of varied uh, from team to team. And we've talked to a couple coaches already in these last couple weeks. And, you know, there's some players that have seemed like they've been handling it pretty well and taking care of themselves and others that, have kind of, you know, gotten a little bit down on themselves. How's your guys' team been handling it? I think they're handling it good. You know, I think it differs from uh, player to player. Now, I think more of our introverts and ex our introverts are doing better than our extroverts right now, you know, not really being around anybody. But I think they're handling it well. You know, the, the move the class online, I don't think was a big deal for them. But uh, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, making sure at the time them keeping contact with their professors and us about any issues that can come up really making that big, like if there's issues, no matter how big or, no, or small, reach out to us, let us know so we can maybe get some traction on it and maybe fix it. So kind of one of the things is just kind of your path. I mean, you played, you played through high school, you played through college a little bit, and then you ultimately ended up being a practice squad player for Western Kentucky University. And what, what kind of got you into coaching and what kind of pushed you to, to go in the direction that you are? Well, like you said, uh, I, I was on the team in college, but I never got the opportunity. I didn't play a lot and that's fine. But uh, I guess I started realizing that, you know, I, I enjoyed the game from a different aspect, being on the bench, you know, hearing my coaches strategize or, you know, when I was coming up or a freshman, sophomore year, junior college, you know, hey, coach, maybe check out this lob play here or there. And he's coming down to me, hey, Dion, that's a good idea. You know, we weren't thinking of that. Or just things like that where I started to see, okay, I'm following this game different in a different way than my teammates are. You know, I'm thinking about it in a different way that's uh, kind of still making me happy without playing. So that's, that's, that's where it all started. And then just having coaches who, while they didn't play me, they still kind of fostered that within me. You know, never really tried to shut me up or sit me down. Now they let me know, hey, Dion, you're still a player. You need to take a step back. You know, but still trying to still fostering that and just, you know, bringing that up out of me, making me get out of my comfort zone and reach out to different people. I think that was the biggest thing that really helped me throughout my journey. Is there any moment in your coaching career that sticks out as your favorite? It can be a moment with a player. It can be a moment in a game. It can be a win. Is there 
something that really sticks out so far that 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 sticks with you and and is as that reminder of why you do this uh i think last year uh our team had been through a lot you know we had some players who had some you know some deaths in their family you know and we were able to really put together a really good stretch at the end of last season you know we we really started playing ball at the right moment in february and going into march and making a semifinals run while while it wasn't the finals and i think we we still could have done uh better you know, those players really banded together and really, you know, put it all online like we hadn't seen before. You know, they kind of started this, you know, not quitting. We got down. We had so many fourth quarter leads, but they were still kind of chipping away. We still got better, still got better. And just to see that team, those group of seniors really come together. And really, we, 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 we should have made something happen, but still take that next step, you know, for our program, I think was huge. And that was, that, that was really special to me. Yeah, last season's team, it was a little bit of a rougher season, but it was a really young team. I think that was something that we saw game in and game out, and there was improvement throughout the season. What are you kind of expecting and hoping for next season as that, that young class tries to take that next step? Uh, I guess the biggest thing that we've all learned is experience trumps all. And while this year was rough, they got experience that, you know, that not a lot of freshmen get to have. And time and time again, you know, our – our starting point guard, Shamaya Lay, she opened up her season starting against Florida State University, you know, who at the time was number 12 in the country, you know, lost in the ACC championship. That's, you know, play in North Carolina, who had a decent season this year. You know, we really got the chance to play some really good talent and our girls every time really step up to the challenge. I was talking to, you know, Tyra Wright the other day on when did it really click for you when, you know, to start getting to a point where, you know, she had a stretch this year where she led us in scoring and rebounding. She said, I just came every day and I just I just tried to get better. I tried to be the, the best version of me I can be. And for a freshman to say that after the season, it wasn't as we all hoped, but moving into this year gives you a lot of hope. And you can, you're starting to figure it out a little bit. You know, that's a that's a good sign right now, especially going through all this. You yeah, know, you could positive within that. You could see as the season progressed those building blocks being built in real time. And it was encouraging. And I'd say to you guys after a game, even like that was rough, but you can tell. You can tell they're putting it together. You can tell. And, and it just felt like they're a couple pieces away. And I know you uh, added a, a transfer. Uh, can you tell me about her? Yes. Yeah, so uh, two right now, you know, we got one who, uh, Jemiah Rogers, who we signed out of Walter State this year. She's five foot nine forward, definitely versatile in some aspects, but she's physical. You know, she brings scoring average about 13.6 uh, six rebounds a game from junior college. So that kind of production, she's the type of piece where you can put her in and she'll just fit. You know, she just makes plays happen with the ball or without the ball. So that's big for us too. And then adding in our, our uh, transfer, who had to sit out this year, Alicia Faye from Wichita State. You know, she was able to every practice really raise the competitive level in our practice on a daily basis. And that's another step. You talk about a building block. That's a huge building block going into next year as well. So stepping a little bit away from the basketball aspect, you mentioned how a lot of your your sort of quarantine, your self-isolation life has still been around, revolving around basketball. What have you been doing not basketball related? Well, uh, right now, a few, about three, four weeks ago, we got a new puppy. So uh, we, we named her uh, Mamba Sita in honor of Kobe. So, you know, she's keeping us on our toes every day of the week. You know, uh, unfortunately, I had to push my wedding back a few months, so planning that out you know that's that's an everyday thing 
you know, and just little things like uh, this Jordan documentary has been huge for me. You know, I, I literally went back and watched every episode like three or four times a day, you know, on top of the, you know, on top of the highlights. It's just adding so much context to the videos I've watched all my life. So those things are really things that have just been huge and just really kept the excitement going for me. I was going to ask you about the wedding, if that got pushed back or not. <laughs> um, now, the Jordan doc, you work with Fred Applin. Yes. He will name drop like it doesn't matter. Have you heard anything or had a chance to talk to him about this Jordan doc? I want to have him on the show at some point to go over some of this, but I know he has dropped Jordan's name more than a few times to me. You know, I have not, and I probably should have. You talk about, you know, one of the biggest Carolina and Jordan fans that I've known, you know, that I've ever met, Coach Applin is it. And I'm sure, you know, he's on the edge of his seat, but, you know, he'll probably say the same thing that's like my dad said. He's lived through it. You know, he watched that, that stuff real time. So it just made me really cool for him, you know, to kind of remember it. But, you know, he saw it real time. I just know there. I'll have a conversation with him and he'll drop, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with uh, Ken Griffey Jr. And yeah. oh, yeah, or at this party, MJ was there. And I was like, all right, just drop those names, Fred. Hey, Coach Chaplin, Coach Chaplin's been around. You know, he's got a picture <laughs> with Will the Stilt in his office. You know, you don't see those too much. Yeah, always talking about his time at Texas and everybody he knew <laughs> there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I – I want to talk to him, and he is on the short list of people to have on in the future, and that conversation will be 90% the last dance, and then maybe 10% of what's going on. I tell you, and he's probably got some great stories about those guys coming back and playing pickup, too, while he was there. Oh, my goodness. Probably good. Well, I was going to say, you mentioned pickup. Just kind of a fun question. If you could end up playing, if you had to play one-on-one against anybody, who would you pick? I would lose – very bad, and I wouldn't have a snowball's chance. But my favorite player of all time is Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, I wouldn't have a chance unless uh, I got the ball and he had to step out and guard me. But if he, if he gets ball first, it's a wrap for me. Yeah, I'm going to name drop for a second. This uh, signed thing on the wall here is a unique item. It is probably the only one in existence. It is a Charlotte Bobcats preseason guide signed by Shaq and LeBron from when what? they had a preseason game here. I had a media pass. I was in radio at the time. I was nervous talking to Shaq because he is the, I'm not a tall man, but he is the only person I've ever been physically imposed by just standing in front of them, talking to him. I was holding that guide nervous and he just grabs it and signs it. So I'm like, all right, fine. I blend in with the ball boys because I'm their size. Cause they're all teenagers and I'm five, six on a good day yeah. and just put it out there when LeBron is just signing things and have him sign. So it is framed in my man cave here. I will tell you, you have no chance. <laughs> hey, I, I'd, I'd probably lose as quickly as I could and see if I could uh, pick that man's brain about business ideas and basketball in general. I mean, look, you could always just go with like the hackish shack, you know, try to send him to the line, play it that way. I could, but you know, in, cl- in clutch time, he'll make them. He'll make them. Well, I was going to say, Nick, I don't know if you've got anything else for Dion. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's it, man. I think it was great to talk to you. It's been it's been too long, man. I appreciate it. I miss you guys very much. I miss Bug Nation. I, I was so excited to watch some softball and baseball this spring and some football too. So I'm excited for everybody to get back, get back home on campus and you know, we can get this thing rolling for a twenty twenty one season. All right. Well we'll thank assistant coach for women's basketball team, Dion Craig. Thanks, Dion. We'll definitely talk to you in the future. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
That was the assistant basketball coach for the women's team, Dion Craig. And like we said, it's always a ton of fun to talk to Dion. Going with Shaq, I mean, that would be a tough one-on-one. I'd be a tough one-on-one for everyone, anyone, everyone actually. Just get the whole group together. We're still going to be a tough one-on-one. Also, I feel bad because I'm not in the beard brigade right now like you guys. Yeah. I, I, I trimmed right before this, and it took a little too much off. So I, I felt kind of left out. Well, I mean, look, I've seen you. You're able to grow a pretty good beard. I'm sure give it, give it a week or two, and you'll be back. Yeah, next week, uh, we already have our guest planned. It'll be back and better than ever. Perfect. Well, we're going to move on. Don't, uh, we want to remind you, East Bay Deli, presenting sponsor of Buccaneer Insider. So big thanks to them. We're going to get to our second interview with head soccer coach Jose Gomez and the assistant coach Jessica Monar. Welcome in. We got two more guests here. Some fresh faces that I think a lot of people haven't really gotten to know just yet because they are brand new. We've got the head soccer coach Jose Gomez and assistant coach Jessica Monarch. Welcome in. And uh, it's really awesome to finally get to see you guys and especially after these last couple months. Yeah, it's been pretty busy. Um, even though all the students have left for a while, but uh, but it's nice to kind of at least hear y'all's voices again. It's been a while. Yeah, and for some of you, like, Jessica, this is kind of your first real introduction. I know I've encountered you maybe twice before everything happened. So really, welcome aboard. Yeah. Thank you. Really happy to be a part of it. It's definitely unique circumstances this spring, but it's been a good spring still. Yeah, so we'll just talk about the spring. What have you guys been up to? It's kind of the, the basic question we've been asking everybody to start off, but you know, it's been a little different. Everybody's been kind of self-isolating a little, little bit. Uh, so what's been up? Well, um, I guess I'll get this, this show going. Uh, I've been pretty busy uh, personally. Uh, I know uh, my arrival was mid-January and then we had a little preparation going into the spring. Uh, and then obviously all the quarantine uh, got set in place, but it's been uh, enjoyable in the sense that I was separated from my family for a while during this job transition. And so my family came in just the same time as this quarantine started to take shape. So I've gotten a lot of quality family time with my kids, my wife, uh, and that's been a real blessing uh, to be honest with you. And so just getting acclimated to Charleston uh, as well, just getting to know the pockets in the areas and, and uh, getting to know a little bit more about the university uh, as I kind of go through this uh, transition. And, and it's a little bit different in the sense of getting to know people like yourselves and uh, the people in the Charleston Southern community, uh, trying to establish relationships and um, following protocol in terms of trying to get things done and prepare for the fall. But overall, the quarantine's been, been good, been able to communicate with the, the team. Uh, Jess and I have done a, a pretty good job I think in terms of trying to communicate with them and and hopefully the team feels the same way uh, but uh yeah between family time obviously coaching uh, and then just managing three kids at home uh, full-time uh, is also uh, definitely some work but it's also a huge blessing how about you Jessica how have you been good uh it has been a little bit quieter around where I am, but uh, it's been good and appreciating some downtime. And like Jose said, we've still been busy and able to communicate and do a lot with the players and not as much as we would have liked, but uh, I think we've made the most of it. And so uh, it's still been a good spring as far as keeping busy and being able to connect with the players and uh, get a little bit more acclimated to Charleston and the community here. 
I think, Jessica, you had kind of a, 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 some luck in this in that you just moved here and you got to move in and actually get some time to settle in. Whereas you probably would not have that opportunity. Is that, uh, have you second guessed where you put everything in your new place yet or not? <laughs> no, not too much. Um, but like you said, it was perfect timing. I'm really, really grateful um, and have definitely been able to make the most of it. And, you know, Charleston, you know, as quiet as it's been um, in the area, I've still really enjoyed getting to settle in. And I'm really thankful uh, for the timing that I got up here and the timing that I have had with the program so far, even if it has been a little bit more virtual than we ever would have expected. And so something that really a big question for both of you, it's always difficult being new coaches and especially for Jose being that head coach, the new guy, trying to get to know your players, get to know the program and really establish that culture that you want to try and lay the foundation for. And you really have only had about a month and a half, two months to really get yourself going before all this happened. How do you think it was going for you at the start? And, and what have you guys been trying to do to keep building on that? I'll, I'll kind of touch on the establishing part, and I'll let Jessica chime in here as we try to continue it. Um, really, I feel like a lot of the challenge has to do with uh, the players themselves. Um, they're going through a tremendous amount of change. Uh, so, so am I, but I've been in this position before, uh, and so I kind of have a good feel about how it goes. Um, obviously, there's going to be some things that are unexpected, but uh, for the players themselves, uh, I know it's been the first time that this kind of has occurred for them in terms of a transition. And so trying to understand uh, the new demands, the new expectations, um, uh, albeit they're just probably different than what they're used to. And, and I think uh, that is a challenge um, that are that is welcomed by by some that some that feel maybe it's a kind of trying to get a feel of it. Uh, and then some that might be just like, I don't know. Um, and so I think the players themselves probably have the biggest transition um, in this whole process, just because of the expectations that I might have uh, that differ from the, the previous staff and, and uh, thought that it went well for the five weeks that we are here. Um, building relationships for me is, is key. Uh, establishing uh, good communication lines uh, between the, the coaching staff and the players and and just kind of getting an understanding of, of who they are and, you know, what they want to do and what their passion is and just trying to establish um, that open relationship and those open lines of communication to where they feel that they can kind of express themselves on the soccer field. And it's an opportunity to come out and kind of get away from uh, academics, social life, just and come out here and enjoy the time to get better as a soccer player and, and grow in their faith uh, at the end of the day. And for, for me, that's, that's important uh, in, in this culture that we're trying to establish is uh, a growth in every area uh, that they can uh, as young ladies. And, and I think uh, for them to maximize their talents and their abilities will look different for each one of them. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's what we're called. And I think if they're able to maximize their strengths, um, they'll, they'll excel in whatever they choose to end up doing uh, past CSU and be a great representation of the university. Yeah, I think just to cut, touch on a couple things that Jose said, um, this is something that's new for everybody. And so as much as it's, you know, been an interesting semester for us as a new staff, I think it's, it's new for the players too, and they're not used to this. And so I think every little thing that we do really goes a long way and just 
really communicating what we're about and what our intentions are for the program and for the girls and uh, for their future as well. And so I think it's an interesting time just to really dial in on that and really connect with them on that, that even though this is different for everybody, um, that's something that's common for all of us. And so um, I think that's been good, especially um, relationships are a massive piece of any culture. And so it's certainly interesting to build relationships this way and not just try to maintain them. Um, but I think we've tried to be really intentional and communicate to the players that, you know, may not be, a, may not be a perfect semester. It may not have gone how we expected, but um, these are the things we're about. And these are the ways that we're going to pursue those things. We're despite the things we can't control this spring. And um, I think we've been able to really try to make the most of all of those factors that we, that we can control and that we can be intentional with the players about. Something I, I, I kind of like to ask, um, because everybody across the board is approaching this differently. As far as continuing training in the off season, do you guys feel you're at kind of an advantage? Because, you know, it's easy to juggle a soccer ball. It's easy to get your cardio in. Is there some way that you guys feel like you have an advantage over other sports in terms of keeping these, your players in, in like a, a game shape? I don't know if I would say an advantage, um, personally. Uh, I think a lot of the responsibility will fall on their willingness to uh, get outside and take ownership of, of maintaining uh, the, the level that they left here in. Uh, we, we can only do so much in terms of providing information uh, and obviously with NCAA guidelines and what we can and can't do. Uh, you know, those are some things that we're all bound by. Um, and so with that being said, I mean, uh, I don't know if we have an advantage. Um, I, I, I mean, I left here wanting to, to train more. And, and I think that's how the team possibly felt as well. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't happen uh, just because of the situation. And obviously, that is a situation that everybody's in. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think I don't know how advantageous it was for us, uh, per se. Yeah, have you guys kind of laid out uh, kind of like a training regimen or program or, or just kind of guidelines that you want the players to kind of follow? Go ahead, Jessica. You got this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we, um, you know, this is an interesting time that the girls are all in different circumstances back home. Um, the girls are all trying to navigate this in their own ways, and it's all affecting them really differently as well. And so I think um, you know, we've extended a lot of grace as far as, um, I think from a holistic perspective, making sure that they're maintaining what they need to do to first, obviously be healthy, emotionally, spiritually, um, first that then they can pursue the relationships with their family or whoever it is that they're back home with right now, since they're not together on campus. Um, and then from there, obviously do what they need to do in the classroom. So I think those have really been our highest priorities. Um, but I mean, of course, we're trying to, especially for the ones that, you know, they are in a place where they're trying to use this as an opportunity to get better and to maintain what they already have built on this spring. We've definitely seen um, a lot of them show initiative in that area. And so, um, yeah, I think we're really trying to treat every player individually where they're at um, and provide them with resources, but also at the same time, um, try to make sure that they are in a good place um, in every other aspect of their lives as well. And but certainly the physical training and that piece of it has been something that we've been able to, you know, communicate with them on and help them out in um, if it's something they're trying to pursue. And so something I kind of wanted to go into was, uh, was your guys is just, how did the both of you get into coaching? I mean, you both 
with you both played collegiately and you did coaching. You guys have been pretty successful everywhere you've been so far. Kind of what got you into it? Uh, you know, it's a funny question. Um, it's, it's easy in the sense that uh, as a player, you were really passionate about the game. Uh, and so I was really passionate as a player. Uh, I love the game. I love the sport. Uh, I love the idea of competing. Uh, I hated losing. Uh, and so for me, um, it kind of spilled over into to academics and then obviously uh, going through school and obtaining a degree and then just kind of moving on to the professional world. And then after my professional career, uh, having the opportunity uh, present itself and thought that that was something that I would definitely want to pursue after my playing career. Uh, I didn't think of it uh, coming as soon as it did uh, in regards to five years. Um, but it was a great opportunity and I was really fortunate uh, to be hired down in South Florida. And uh, so being a head coach at, I don't know, I guess I was 25, seems like a long time ago, but um, 25, uh, you know, for PBA and it was great, great experience. And to be honest with you, it was just another extension of the game um, that I had to learn and grow. Uh, that was very different uh, as a player, uh, but that sense of, passion and love for the sport was uh, something that was very evident um, along with my uh, sincere enjoyment of business as well. And, and I think it allows to allows me to kind of exercise both in the sense of managing an operating budget and, and dealing with numbers and how to crunch things and, and how to make things um, work essentially. And so kind of two of best of the two of both worlds and, and for fit for me, uh, in regards to moving into coaching and, and dealing with a, a program itself. And so I've just been really blessed uh, at the locations that I've been able to experience time as a coach. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's been a good run so far. Yeah, I think it was really similar for me as far as being um, a collegiate player. I loved the game. I was passionate about it. Um, I loved competing. Um, I, lo I loved being a part of a culture and being a part of something bigger than myself. And um, it wasn't necessarily always a plan to get into college coaching or to get into coaching, but it was something that just made sense when I finished playing because I was extremely passionate um, about the game, but also the people that I had come across and then that I'd gotten to know and the relationships that I formed that um, it really allowed me to just stay in the game and to continue to invest in people and relationships and meet new people and all of these things that kind of filled uh, my bucket in the ways that I, you know, wanted to live my life. It really allowed me to kind of pursue all of those things, which is really great. And um, then, you know, the learning process and the growth piece of that, there's always more to learn. The game is always changing um, and just, you know, kind of get to invest in that piece of it as well and kind of be a part of that process and watch it grow and develop over time has been um, something that I really enjoy. Um, and I like uh, pursuing that. And then I think knowing that it's always going to be there, like it's never going to be stagnant as well. And um, College is obviously a really interesting piece of time in every student athlete's life. And so to be able to invest in those relationships and those women like my coaches did when I was a player is, um, you know, is, is really rewarding. And so I think for me, that's kind of what brought me into it and also what has kept me in it as well. Yeah, as you head into your first season um, with the hopes of a much longer tenure, what are you hoping to build at Charleston Southern? Uh, a strong culture, um, one that allows 
the individuals to really grow. Um, that will enable us to collectively perform at our best. Uh, and so um, ideally, you know, there's championships to be won. There's obviously games to be won. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, my hope is through this interview that establishing solid relationships and building uh, a strong culture and a program uh, will, will hope to overflow on the field. And um, I love soccer. I love the game. And as Jessica mentioned, uh, the tactics and the game is changing. And I, and I love every aspect of that. And, I, and I've been blessed to be around a lot of people that have been able to pour into my life in, in that regards and, and spiritually as well. But, uh, you know, the moments that I recall as a player uh, were those trips in the road trips to, you know, Colorado or New York or overseas or the, the bus ride, this event that happened there. And, and those are the things that you start to, to recall and you remember and those relationships that you establish. And, and so, you know, I, I like to say uh, you'll learn that, you, yes, it's about soccer, but it's a lot more than that. Um, that's my hope here is that it's a little bit more than the game of soccer. And they establish uh, a good understanding of, of who they are, uh, what God has in store for them, uh, the limits that they can reach, uh, whatever passion or whatever profession that they want to enter in. Um, and so, and, and I hope to win some games along the way. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I, I want to win. As I said, I hate to lose, but I, and I want to win. Uh, but I honestly, would love to see a group collectively year after year strive to be their individual best that allows us collectively to, to perform at our highest level that we're able to here at Charleston Southern. All right. So a little bit kind of getting away from the pitch. What are we, what would we find uh, out of Jessica Jose doing? I mean, I know a lot of your guys' life is, is soccer and being around the team and getting everything going. Jose mentioned how busy, you've been but, but what do you kind of do to get away from it all uh, I mean I'm doing I'm I'm doing I'm still in school so um that has taken a bulk of my time uh, along with uh, obviously managing a program here and making sure that we, you know we're communicating well with the team and getting things situated for the fall uh, you know and, and obviously spending time with my family uh, and investing um, into my children as well. And, you know, I think the busyness of that, I mean, I think we've explored a lot of trails uh, here in Charleston. It's a beautiful city. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting uh, down here and the weather is unbelievable. And so we've been really fortunate to, to have the ability to kind of go outside and, and exercise and enjoy the outdoors. And, uh, and so daily, really, it's just, kind of getting jobs done that need to be done, uh, whether it's, you know, here at Charleston Southern, whether it's through school, we're also obviously going through identifying and purchasing a house. So that's taken up a lot of our times and, you know, looking at homes during this COVID situation is pretty unique, uh, come to find out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so it's been a lot in regards to just the transition. So I've been easily busy uh, here since my time. Uh, in quarantine. 
Yeah, like Jose mentioned, um, I felt pretty busy as well. The weather has been absolutely beautiful here in Charleston. It's a pretty uh, unique and special city. So to be able to get out and explore a lot, be outside, walk the trails and the bridge and um, a lot of those things, I've really, really enjoyed getting to getting to do some of that, especially with as good as the weather's been. And um, it's also been a very unique time to connect with old friends and people that, you know, this is affecting the whole world. And so we're kind of all on the same schedule in a sense. And so um, I think that's been something that you, has been unique coming out of it. And then the opportunity, I'm not in school. So, um, you know, to have a lot of energy to pour into uh, different learning opportunities and uh, professional development and leadership resources that are really out there and available right now. Um, it's kind of one of those things that we always talk about, we wish we had more time for. And I think whenever you care about those things and you're passionate about them, um, you know, it is interesting because now we have the time for it. So to get to pour into that and get to kind of invest in some of those resources has been really unique and also helped us stay really connected, I think, to, uh, you know, the, the bulk of why we do what we do. Yeah, I, I keep joking that uh, I told my wife at the beginning of the year I would spend more time with her, uh, rest more, and uh, work less. And uh, the monkey paw definitely granted me that wish, you know. <laughs> Not quite in the way I wanted, but here we are. But we're all making the best of it. And I think that's really all that you can do. And I think that's that's amazing that almost everyone we've talked to is handling it about as well as they could and, and finding ways to enrich themselves and not just sitting around and, you know, stewing in it. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, we're blessed. I mean, I, I, I'm very fortunate. And I know there's a lot of people struggling and going through a hard time right now, uh, whether dealing with the ramifications of it or actually dealing with uh, the virus itself. So, you know, um, recognize that we've been very fortunate uh, during this time. Well, I don't know, Nick, do you have anything else for him? No, we thank you guys for uh, sitting down and spending some time with us. It was good to see everyone again, especially, you know, Jessica, because it's, you know, I saw you once and said hi, I think, and that's the extent of it. So nice to actually talk, but um, glad you guys are doing well. We hope to see you guys on campus soon. Sounds good. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. That was Jose Gomez and Jessica Monarch, part of the soccer team, the fresh faces on campus. And really, it was great getting to talk with them, get to get to know them a little bit better and really kind of get to know the direction that they want to push this program in. I mean, I think I think you give this team a couple seasons. I mean, they're going to be really dangerous the way that they're trending, I think. Yeah. And just in general, it's nice to spend 20 minutes actually talking to them because they're busy. We're busy. All we get in the hallway is, hey, Jose, how's it going? Hey, Nick, how's it going? And that's really all you get. So it's nice to have a chance to sit down and actually get a heart-to-heart -heart with these guys that goes beyond just a, a passing fancy in the hallway. That certainly is. That certainly is. And the other thing, it, it was absolutely beautiful on campus today. I mean, Jose, with that, with the, there's not a cloud in the sky. We were talking when we first got in there with him. It looked like it was a Zoom background. That's how just serene it looked out there. The grass yeah. is green. Everything's looking good. I was first crazy jealous of the view from the balcony of whatever home or apartment he had. And then I realized it was, oh, wait, it's campus. I miss campus, man. I haven't been on campus in about two months. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until I saw that shot. And, you know, a day like today, I'm looking out my window here and I'm like, you know what, let's wrap this up so I can go outside for a bit. That's yeah, beautiful. And, and, and get outside. That's what we encourage everybody to get out there. Don't forget East Bay Deli. They're still open. They're accepting takeout orders. So you need to get something to eat. Go over and check them out. we got to give them a huge shout-out and a special thanks for helping us out with this. But I think that's it for episode number three of Buccaneer Insider. As It was, it was another great week. we got another good one coming up next week. got a couple fun interviews planned. And uh, I 
think everybody's going to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, now let's wrap this up so I can go outside and enjoy the day. All right. Well, for my partner, Nate Case, my name's Killian McClatchy. Thanks for joining us again this week. We'll see you all next time.